Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show all about workers' rights and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcasts to you around the country on Community Radio Network. I'm Denis Rogatyuk. Last week had seen an avalanche of actions and demonstrations right across the country. The workers of Aspen secured a magnificent victory last Friday at their workplace in Dandenong. Backed by the National Union of Workers and the Australian Manufacturers Workers Union, the employees secured a new four-year contract after a combined 10-day strike and lockout. The new contract includes protections for conditions like 36-hour week and rostered days off. On the weekend, many of us bore witness to some ugly scenes on the streets of Melbourne, Sydney and other cities around Australia as the Islamophobic Reclaim Australia rallies took place around the country. In Melbourne, a joint rally held by Reclaim and the far-right United Patriots Front, counting about 150 people, was confronted by over 2,000 anti-racist counter-demonstrators. The counter-rally was well attended by a very diverse range of forces across the left, trade unionists, socialists, anarchists, students, members of the Islamic community and many others, banded together to show their defiance in the face of fascism and right-wing extremism. During the demonstration, an attack provoked by neo-Nazis and fascists resulted in severe police repression, including a heavy use of pepper spray against a group of Melbourne strict medics who were tending to injured and disoriented demonstrators at the time. Over in Queensland, the maritime workers of Alexander Spirit, currently Dr. Davenport, have been engaged in a fortnight-long dispute with Caltex company management over its decision to sack local Australian workers and replace them with cheap foreign labor. Finally, grilled burger restaurants have come under fire for refusing to pay award wages and overtime in their store in Camberwell and even sacking a worker when she attempted to speak out against the unfair practices. The sect worker, Kalani Pyra, has been making waves across the local and national news with 20,000 strong co-worker petition supporting her reinstatement and the United Voice standing firmly behind her. Kalani will be joining us on the show next week to talk about her struggle against the management at Grilled. Our first guest today has been a revolutionary socialist and trade union activist for decades. His name is known by almost every Worthy and Steve Doe from Perth to Keynes, and this may not be an exaggeration. He stood up to corporate management across many industries, often facing the prospect of blacklisting for his militant actions. Joining us now is Bob Carnegie, the State Secretary of the Queensland branch of the Maritime Union of Australia. Bob, welcome to 3CR Stick Together. Uh, hi, Dennis. How are you going? Oh, fantastic. Thank, and it's uh, such a pleasure to finally have you on the program. Oh, well, it's, the pleasure's all mine, Dennis. Excellent. Now, uh, Bob, uh, you've been involved in the trade union struggle for decades, but uh, what do you feel like have been some of the most prominent campaigns that uh, really contributed uh, to your win in the state election for MUA? Oh, look, I, I think probably just the fact that it's been a, a lifetime commitment to the, uh, to the trade union movement and to the working class uh, struggle generally. I'd make no bones about the fact that I'm a revolutionary socialist, Dennis. I believe that uh, human society has to be based on human need and not human greed. I believe that uh, society should be uh, uh, run on a much more uh, cooperative manner than the than capitalist pred- the capitalist predatory behaviour that we that we see currently. But with my in my life, it gets 
I guess some of the major campaigns I've been involved in have been, some have been like um, around the, the, the asbestos-related disease society, uh, struggling for, to get workers some justice uh, who have been exposed to asbestos. Mm-hmm. Um, around the civil, work, uh, civil Workers Action Committee, where we uh, were very active in fighting to try to keep common law access workers and trying to keep decent compensation arrangements for working people. Um, the the uh, any apartheid movement, I was the co-chair of the Queensland Trade Unions Against Apartheid for nine and eight and a half years. Mm. And um, but I, I think probably the uh, probably the most important work I did was actually a campaign that was only very short, and that was uh, when I was intimately involved with the West Coast Longshoremen's Union, the mm-hmm. International Longshore Union in the United States I during guess. the 1998 Patrick's dispute. Of and, course, yes, yes. And my, uh, myself and the, the uh, West Coast Longshoremen's uh, Union came up with the strategy of, of um, boycotting the Columbus Canada and they actually asked me to fly over to, they were going to fly me over to the United States, but uh, the uh, then leadership of the MUA put a kibosh on that, but uh, the... West Coast Longshoremen's Union were able to find a community picket and they honoured that picket line for 17 days and played a critical role in the dispute. You know, Not just so much being won, but at least the dispute being being put, being able to be so that uh, so that the Woodified workers were able and MUI members were able to at least go back to work. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you know, just the trade unions, but the true internationalist as well, it seems. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Look, it's not much is if you if you're only going to look at narrow trade unionism, you might as well go and put a bag over your head and uh, sit in the corner, Dennis. It's not. Uh, there's no. Uh, we live in an international world, absolutely. and you know, the, uh, capitalists are very, very, very smart at uh, thinking internationally, and that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. that workers and their trade unions are, are often on the back foot because they, uh, when you're dealing with companies like Rio or BHP or dealing with huge financial corporations, they think only on an international sphere, whereas workers far too often just get carried away with their own national interests. And although they're important and critical, they're not the only thing. And in fact, uh, when workers start finally realising that uh, the only way that we'll be able to tame the, the capitalist beast is by us all uniting internationally, is um, then we'll be able to really make some great mm-hmm. positive changes in this world. No, absolutely, absolutely. But with regards to the changes that uh, you would like to uh, see and make, uh, what have been uh, some of the main issues uh, that uh, that were part of your election platform for the? Uh, okay, the part of my election ca- uh, campaign has been about trying to bring the union back to its uh, back to its roots, mm-hmm. and we're already starting to see some of that to probably take a more. Uh, aggressive industrial line on some areas to um, uh, at all stages, but you try to be accessible to our membership, and we're we're trying. I've only been in office now um, 19 days, so uh, but we've we're, we're making some headway, and uh, we're starting to gain confidence. And with the, uh, I did I wasn't elected as part of a team or leading the uh, leading the ticket or anything. We're three quite different people from different political and um, outlooks and whatever, but uh, I certainly believe that we can weld into a good leadership team for the branch. And as I tell uh, the membership, we're only, you know, we're only as good as our, uh, as our last fight. As, as you mentioned, you've only been in office for a short time, but uh, mm. what have been some of the main issues that you plan to oh, well, really campaign on once? Uh, okay, the we've been, there's been two issues already yeah. that have, uh, um, have arisen. We've had a, a vessel down in Devonport called the, the Alexander Spirit, mm-hmm. 40,000 ton Caltex yes, of course, tanker. The, um, the, the crew have been in 
engaged in a struggle there to try to keep uh, their jobs and try to keep some sort of Australian presence on uh, to carry Australian fuel around the Australian coast. No different to you know an Australian carrying a driving a, a, a truck in Australia, but because Australia, for some unknown reason, has always looked inland, even though it's an island and not look outwards. It's always and I'm I come from a seafaring tradition. Mm-hmm. It's always been um, a very almost sad thing that Australians don't look to the look to the ocean and see that those that sail upon the sea should be, um, you know, many of them should be Australians who mm-hmm. should be able to earn a decent living and raise their families, plying the world's oceans, bringing um, goods back from the world's market. But uh, Australian blue water seafarers have almost gone the way of the dodo and we're trying desperately with um, every last bit of sinew in us to present prevent that from happening. Uh, another campaign that we've been involved in, a huge battle we're involved in at the present time, is with uh, the huge international uh, port operator Hutchison, who opened up two terminals, one in Sydney and one in one in Brisbane. They're going to be the great white knight of the stevedoring industry. They're going to usher in a whole new world, and about the only thing to usher in is uh, a sea of, of broken dreams. And as Henry Lawson once wrote about the sudden tears of beaten men and uh, yesterday they announced that out of a workforce of 224 people they're going to make 96 redundant and if Hutchison think that the Maritime Union is going to cop that suite well I've got news for Hutchinson we are not we completely and utterly and totally and forever reject their ideas that workers have to be thrown on the scrap heap because they have not been able to run it as stevedoring company properly and we uh, are going to fight with all of our fibre to do our level best to keep our members employed uh, in the stevedoring industry and in the main with Hutchison they're not going to be allowed to throw our members aside like so much um, floats and or so much uh, rubbish we're, we're going to fight because we're the people uh, it's waterside workers who who do the work on the waterfront they through their sweat of their labour they create the wealth you know it's not created by uh, some whiz kid in some uh, Hong Kong finance house or some whiz kid in some Adelaide or Melbourne or Sydney uh, financier it's created through the sweat and blood of um, waterside workers and it's a tough industry to work in it's the most dangerous industry to work in uh, in this country the um, the fatality level is 14 times higher than most other Australian industries it is a very very brutal, tough and hard way for workers to make an industry because what people don't realise about the stevedoring industry now and the container terminals in particular is that from the moment you start work, the push is on non-stop until 8 or 10 hours or 12 hours later you finish work. No, definitely the safety and redundancy has been the real job killers in metaphorical and literal sense for a lot yes, of the stevedoring industry. Absolutely, yeah. There's yeah. A, and the, the, the speed up is always completely contrary. To, it's ridiculous when companies say, you know, let's, you know, we spend millions of dollars on safety, but all they want to do is speed up production process. It's mm. just, um, well, it's, it's, it's usual- I was going to say idiotic, but it's not idiotic. They actually plan it that way. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's, it's planned. It's a plan corporate slaughter, mm. to be quite honest. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's this drive to want towards infinite efficiency, so to speak. Yeah, you just, but it doesn't matter who gets in the way, you mm. know, like mm. in the end. I've heard managers of labour hire companies, for example, just talk about units, like oh, we need units. 10 units on that job or we need five units on that job. I asked one mm. one when I was a, a BLF organiser, I said, what, what's a unit? And they said, oh, that's a person. I said, right. 
and said, well, we know where, you, we, where we stand with you. And uh, definitely also, uh, it's, it's a good thing you mentioned uh, labor hire industries because, because my next mm. question was going to be with regards to another real job killer for not just the maritime workers, but also for workers all throughout Australia yeah. these days, insecure work. So what do you feel, what do you feel can, we, can actually, can we as trade unionists all t- together can do to, uh, uh, to actually st- st- to stop that uh, problem, problem in its tracks and reverse it? Well, look, uh, Dennis, I sort of, um, I don't know whether I was the guy who created the, the term, but I've actually uh, said it and I spoke to Dave Oliver, the, the um, secretary of the ACTU, and I told him about um, uh, what I call the Uberization, the Uberization of the, mm. the economy. Mm, yes, about I saw that. And about the danger of labour hire work, or in Britain, I was in Britain recently, I was speaking to her of agency work. Uh, as they call it in Britain, is that it is the single biggest problem that confronts the labour movement today. And it does not, and it's a bigger problem than Tony Abbott, and it's actually a bigger problem than any Liberal or national government, National Party government that gets elected, because it is done irrespective of whether Labour is in power or whether the Liberal Party is in power. So what we need is a united approach by unions and also a massive push from uh, legislatively in, 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 in states where we can get it up to, to start thwarting the use of agency and labour hire because what it is doing is it's creating a generation of, and a generation of, of workers who never know what having a steady job is. And I've been through that, Dennis, and it's, mm. I've, I've had, you know, I think 80, 80 jobs, not 80 jobs, 80 different employers, not 80 jobs, 80 different employers in my life, right? Oh. Because I've been moved on and I've been kicked on because I've been a, I've been a itinerant militant and... For a man who's now, I'm a man now in my fifties. I can tell you is that is that you start getting tired, yeah, and, and I'm seeing young people who are starting to get tired because they might be 25 years of age and they've had 30 different employers because of all they do is get changed over by different labour hire companies. Mm. They mm. live by telephones. You know, you, you you live for the sake of a ring of a telephone so that mm. you may you may get get a day's work. It's certainly, it's certainly, it's certainly also something that's uh, we've heard a lot coming from the uh, the warehousing and logistics and food yeah. production industry, particularly. Um, yes, yeah, so, you know we we've, we combat it so far in, in the stevedoring industry to a degree, but it's it's there and it's like mm-hmm. this this menace that that looms over industries mm-hmm. and and uh, destroys the lives of working people and, and it destroys it not just because um, uh, because of wages, but it's the uncertainty of the nature of agency and mm. labour hire work is the killer. It's mm. the uncertainty, and what it does, it tames it, it tames uh, trade unionists. It means if you open your mouth, you're not going to get a job. If you open your mouth, uh, you're going to be laid off. If you yeah. open your mouth, the phone won't ring. And mm. it's a horrible feel. I've been through it so many times in my life, and I can tell you is that I wouldn't wish <coughs> I wouldn't wish the um, uh, my employment life upon many people. Um, I'm, I've been lucky in a lot of respects is that I've had uh, uh, some wonderful comrades who, in, in, in my more difficult times, have, have, have you know walked over broken glass to try to find me work. But the average poor guy or poor woman uh, who's struggling on a day or two a week from a labour hire company has the most difficult life for a working class person. I can imagine Absolutely. much more difficult, much more difficult than even you know the you know people say about how tough things were might have been in the 40s and 50s and whatever. 
But then even if it was a low-paying job with not great conditions, at least it was steady. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. And now, also, now it's uncertain. It's mm, not a good mm, way for people to mm-hmm. live their life. But, Bob, do you, see, do you see there might be any potential for, you know, a, a joint campaign, say, uh, say, for example, in Queensland? Because uh, there are several other trade unions who have certainly been really yeah. heavily involved in this issue. Yeah, the the National Union of Workers, uh, the ETU, <laughs> the CFMU. Uh, do, do you see any potential for, uh, for like, a united yeah, front look, always, across the union? that can be built, okay? There's always. Yeah. And any, anybody who knocks on my door and who wants to take on the scourge of, of, uh, of agency and labour hire work and try to make their workforces more of a more permanent nature, they will always have an, an open door. And also, um, uh, are, there, uh, are there any particular international uh, campaigns themselves that, uh, that, you, that you believe, that you see the, um, the MUA in Queensland being, being more involved in? Oh, look, international campaigns where, look, wherever workers uh, are struggling for something um, better, uh, for the little bit or the lot that we can do to help, we will try to help. You know, sometimes it will only be a tiny bit, sometimes it might be more. But uh, there are some real areas that I have a, a, have a great deal of um, um, interest in, such as... Uh, the heroic struggle of the Palestinian people, mm. particularly in the Gaza Strip at the present time, um, how you know, how the state of Israel can conduct such interna- international bastardry on on um, on the on the people of the Gaza Strip has has me um, saddens me actually. You know, it, uh, I, I've uh, I've been a, a lay student of the Holocaust, and uh, I uh, my heart breaks when I think about the uh, the struggle of the European jury during the 1930s and 40s in, in Europe and and to see the, the state of Israel um, uh, attack the people you know the poor people of the Gaza Strip in the manner of uh, in the manner they do makes me wonder whether they have completely forgotten such recent lessons of history you know now uh, Bob uh, would you like to let the listeners know how we can how they can support the current okay, new campaigns for cultists I guess, the, uh, I guess the easiest way is go on the Maritime Union of Australia Queensland branches website or the Maritime Union of Australia Queensland, uh, Queensland branches Facebook and tick a like or tick a whatever and um, uh, just support us uh, when we're in battles and as we would always support you Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio Network. We've just heard from Bob Carnegie, the Queensland State Secretary of the Maritime Union of Australia. As we discussed previously, the importance of building a united front against fascism is crucial to stopping the message of hatred and bigotry propagated by groups such as Reclaim Australia. Our next guest has been actively organizing and building community activist uh, networks within the National Union of Workers and was one of the counter demonstrators at the Reclaim Australia rally last Saturday. And now we have with us Liz Turner a community organizer for the National Union of Workers and a former presenter at the Stick Together show here at 3CR. Liz, welcome back. How are you, Dennis? Oh, very good, thank you. It's good, thanks for having me on the show. No, it's always a pleasure to welcome back an old comrade. Oh, that's lovely. And I just want to say that Stick Together is an excellent program. It's always really well-researched and really well-presented, so 
Now, Liz, how did it feel to be part of uh, the uh, anti-racist uh, rally on Saturday here in Melbourne? Well, I went with some other officials and members from the National Union of Workers, and it was great to be there with our flags as a contingent. Uh, it was really positive, and um, I think it's something that's really good. We can encourage other unions now to be part of these events. It was great to be part of the huge momentum because there were thousands of us and only a very small number of the right-wing people who were there. Um, the, that sheer numbers was great. It was also quite disappointing, though, just to see the, um, the way in which the whole event was organised with the right-wing people having their own clear space designated and protected by police outside of Parliament. So that was actually, I think, quite a disappointing thing as well. Um, and I think that um, we need to remember that uh, what's happening when these people take the stand and espouse their right-wing hate, um, that's actually uh, really serious racial vilification that's happening there. It's the kind of racial vilification that is still illegal and we've fought to keep those laws where the Abbott government has sent a strong message that free speech should be taking precedent. People have fought back on that and said, well, no, actually, racial vilification still should be illegal and it still is illegal. So uh, what's happening is that basically um, there, what's happened on Saturday was a, um, an endorsement of that, um, of that uh, vilification and it's not on. Mm-hmm. Now, listen. It certainly sounds like you've been you've been involved in the anti-racist uh, uh, struggles uh, before. Could you tell us a bit more about your experience uh, in that field? Um, well, I have been involved in a personal capacity in different groups who have been challenging this kind of public racism. Um, it was a few years ago now that um, organised right-wing groups tried to do something on the steps of Parliament and failed miserably because um, the groups on the left were able to band together and um, take the space of Flinders Street Station well before the right-wing protesters were able to mobilise there. So there were only a very small handful of, of right-wingers who came out on that day. But that was years ago. And what we've seen over the years and with this very conservative government that's now in power federally is... Um, uh, a very, very rapid shift to the right where people are able to say things and um, Tony Abbott endorses these kinds of things by having, for instance, the Senate inquiry into halal certification. That legitimises what the right-wingers are saying at the highest possible level. So there's a, a very serious problem that's happening at the moment whereby uh, Reclaim Australia and the United Patriots Front are able to build and as a union movement we need to be able to deal with it. We need to be able to be part of the resistance to it because if we don't, something very serious is going to happen in our country and these people will continue to build and we will see our rights eroded. We will see more race-based violence on our streets and uh, we'll see the kind of organising of right-wing politics that many of us uh, fight against uh, uh, every day. Mm-hmm. Now, Liz, how do you feel uh, we can engage 
and connect the trade unions with the broader community in order to combat far-right extremism, both on the street, but also, um, you know, uh, within the broader political uh, spectrum? Well, I think there's lots of levels on which we can organise our unions to be taking a stance. So members need to be writing to their union organisers and their union secretaries saying that they're opposed to these right-wing groups and calling on them to take a stand. Um, but also officials and organisers can be organising amongst themselves in different unions to um, support the secretaries to be coming out and making public statements. This also needs to be dealt with at a political level, so anything that union members and officials can feed in to give Victorian Trades Hall Council, the ACTU and even the Labor Party, um, to give them um, avenues and support to be speaking out against it, it is all important on all of those levels. And um, you've been a community organizer for the National Union of Workers for a couple of months now. Do you see um, the NUW community also playing a part in the anti-racist uh, campaigns like that in the future? Definitely. In fact, community members from the NUW have already been very strongly organising um, as um, as um, people in the, the CAF, the Campaign Against Racism and Fascism. There are a few members of that CAF group who are NUW community members. Um, those NUW community members have written to the union and have said that the union needs to speak out. Um, and they've been organising the uh, some in in their capacity as um, representatives from different organisations. They've been doing the media, so there is certainly a lot of crossover in our membership. Yes. Mm, excellent, excellent. That's great to hear. Well, uh, thank you very much for um, joining us uh, today, Liz, and uh, wish you all the best with the national with the NUW community, and hope to see you around more more anti-racist uh, rallies in the future. I totally agree with everything you said and thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure, Liz. And that was Liz Turner from the National Union of Workers wrapping up our show today. We would like to let our listeners know that this Friday, July 24th, Green Left Weekly will be hosting their annual comedy debate at Brunswick Town Hall starting at 6.30pm. Titled Abbott is the Root of All Evil, the evening will be emceed by the one and only Rod Quantock. Hurry up to get your tickets. Well, that'll be all for Stick Together this week. I'm Dennis Rogatyuk, and I'd like to th- once again thank our two special guests, Bob and Liz, for appearing on the show today. Thanks to the Community Broadcasting Federation for its financial support of the program. And thank you for listening to today's episode, and we hope you tune in same time next week. <laughs>